Good morning and welcome. It is good to be with you to share in this time of worship again on this Lord's Day. Uh, it is our final time of worship, so I do want to thank you, not just for your faithfulness to these services of worship, these words with the pastor over these several months, but thank you for your faithfulness to me and to my wife Paula for eight years. We enjoyed our time here. We are grateful to have shared in ministry with you and carry with us wonderful memories from our time with First United Methodist Church Martinsville. As we gather, we're going to share from the book we know as Revelation, and I look forward to sharing that word with you. Our call to worship is before us, and it is a call to worship inspired by the book of Revelation. Grace to you and peace from him who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us, and freed us from our sins by his blood, made us to be a kingdom of priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever.
I invite us to go to God as we pray. Our opening prayer. This world would deny you, Lord, and rely on human wisdom in their search for answers to questions they have yet to ask. But we will praise you and exalt your name, for we know that you are Alpha, the beginning of all things, and Omega, the end, and all that is between. We have known your healing. We have known your provision. We have known your victory. Our sorrow is turned into dancing, and our tears to songs of joy. We shall praise you evermore. Amen. Revelation, the first chapter, verses 1 through 8. First we pray. Lord, we thank you for the faith witnesses who have gone before us and who have proclaimed your word and who have borne faithful witness to you. Your word comes to us anew this morning. It comes to us as a gift, as a gesture of your grace, and as that which inspires and fills. For this word we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants what must soon take place. And he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written therein, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us, and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, everyone who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we begin with the end of this morning, that end being the end of Scripture, the book we know as Revelation, the final book within our canon of Scripture. Having said that, we acknowledge there are a certain risk in beginning with Revelation. We all know that all manner of loaded imagery is associated when we hear the word Revelation. We know it is a scary writing to some. We even may know that Revelation is a writing that's been dismissed by others. For example, John Calvin was a church reformer from several centuries ago, and John Calvin wrote a commentary on every book in the Bible except Revelation. Still, you notice that we begin at the end with Revelation this morning, and to me it seems a, a right place for us to be as we worship together for the final time. It seems right and fitting to, to say goodbye in the company of John the Revelator, John of Patmos. 
Now, it's true, we don't know a great deal about John. Again, we know that he writes as he's in exile on the island of Patmos. We are told he is a servant of the Lord who received the vision that he shares from an angel. And John tells us, as he tells his churches, that he is our brother. And he shares with us in Jesus the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance. He also tells us he is in exile on the island of Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Though there remains much unknown about John, what I do know about him leads me to believe I would appreciate and enjoy spending some time in the company of this faithful man. It is evident throughout the scripture John is a man of faith, even to the point of willing to be exiled for it. He is a man who cares deeply for his churches, and he is a man who writes so that they may be prepared for the return of Jesus. And John is also a man who's willing to tell these churches to whom he writes some painful and difficult truths. Then there is this. John is a man who is more than willing to lose himself in worship. I would enjoy some time with John. And I invite you to read through this revelation and not to be preoccupied with 666 or the beast or Armageddon or those things, but rather to look at these scenes of worship to which John invites us. Scenes such as hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God for his judgments are true and just. Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him small and great. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. John is willing to lose himself in the worship of God, and John is also willing to do that as he recalls those who have gone before him. John recalls his sacred history. Throughout the writing of Revelation, John will pay tribute to and honor God's salvation story, which has preceded us within the Christian church. He draws on Hebrew scriptures. He will refer to Jesus as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He will speak of Jesus as the root of David, Israel's greatest king, and John will even eat a scroll that is given to him, as did the prophet Jeremiah centuries before. And note the explosive language employed by John as he speaks of the Lord. He calls us to worship. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And all therein saying to him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might 
forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. We don't rush through this revelation shared by John. And I am grateful that we here at First Church for years have honored and been faithful to the witness that John shares for the past several years as we have gathered to worship and as part of our sunrise service on Easter morning. We conclude that witness to the resurrection by coming to the entrance of the church over which is inscribed the Lamb who was slain. Grateful that that is a part of the witness of this church. Yes, I, I would welcome this time with John, a man caring for his churches, a man exiled from his churches, but a man who is longing to be connected again with these communities of faith. You see, maybe I would be inspired by John and the love he has for Jesus. You see, as John begins this revelation, he remembers what is most important and what matters most to us in the Church of Christ. He reminds us of that which will last forever, regardless of the leadership within a church. He reminds us of an eternal and enduring witness to Christ. The Christ who is the faithful witness, he tells us. The Christ who is the firstborn of the dead and who gives to us the promise that we shall be raised from the dead as well. The Christ who alone is ruler of all and the one who has freed us from our sins. To this Christ, says John, be glory and dominion forever and ever. He alone is the Alpha and Omega. He was and he is and he will come again. And in the meantime, as you and I await the return to which John witnesses, you and I gather together within this community of faith to worship and serve this Lord. It is right that we celebrate all we have accomplished together as we have partnered together to be the body of Christ, to recall how we have worshipped and how we are blessed with the worship space God entrusts to us. We are blessed with wonderful resources for worship, wonderful leadership, and we have reached out into this community to welcome others into this time of worship with us. Recall our midweek Advent and Lenten services. Recall our Election Eve service of 2016. Recall our Blue Christmas service here in the chapel and the services of Holy Week. And recall how we have lived out the vision to reach into the community to welcome and worship and serve. Just yesterday, I was fortunate to have lunch at Walsh's Chicken with Bonnie Lee Witt, such a gift to this community and her leadership as a pastoral care servant at the hospital. And as I talked with Teresa Walsh, she and her husband Mitch run the, the restaurant. She recalled how years ago their restaurant on Starling Avenue burnt to the ground. And we at First Church had just begun a prayer walk ministry. And the first place that we went to to offer prayer was the burnt Walsh's chicken. Teresa and Mitch met us there. We stood and 
a circle of prayer, each of us praying. And that meant a great deal to Teresa, and she spent some time telling me that yesterday. And I was moved and very grateful that she recalled with gratitude that time of prayer for her and her family. And I'm recalling as well how we reached out with the donuts on the, on the corner ministry. And I remember the Monday morning when I offered a donut to someone and she, her clothing indicated she worked for Snyder Orthodontics. And I told her, well, tell Dr. Snyder that his pastor said hello. And she got to work and she did more than that. She told Chopper Snyder how she had been having a bad day, really a bad weekend, and how just receiving the gift of a donut, that gesture of grace, turned things around for her that day. You see, there's no small act of grace, and we remember these experiences when God reaches out to us in unexpected ways that, that bring glory to his name. And as we remember these ministries in which you and I have shared, we do so anticipating the return of Christ. We anticipate God's victory. And it's a victory all creation shall see. We remember as we worship and serve how Christ loves us and how Christ has freed us. And may I say we may also remember those things unremembered. I mention this because, again, as, as part of my preparing to move to Winchester, I've been going through much correspondence, and as I was packing up again in my office last week, I pulled out some letters, and there was a letter from my younger daughter, Liz. It was a letter in her handwriting from, I'm guessing, her teen years, and it was a letter of apology. In fact, it was a very moving and heartfelt and heart-touching letter of apology. And as I read through that letter, I had this sensation. I said, I, I'm grateful for this letter from my daughter, but I'm not remembering the offense she committed. Well, in that experience of reading this letter of confession, and not remembering the sin to which she confesses. I feel there's a portrayal of how God reaches out to us as well. In other words, there may be those things we confess to God, and the response of God, I can't help but feel, is often that response, I don't recall. It matters no more. In fact, it is as if it never happened because Christ has freed us from our sins. John shares with us as he begins this revelation, he is witnessing to the Lord who has loved us and freed us, and so he calls us to worship him, to know our company in the communion of saints, to sing his praises, and to anticipate that heavenly banquet. There you and I shall sit again at the table of our Lord, and we will dine again with the most gracious of hosts, and we will never say goodbye again. I'm grateful to have worshipped and served Christ with you. 
And I bless you now in the name of Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Amen. invite us to respond to the word as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We go to God as we pray. We will do so with the prayers of the people. I will speak a series of petitions, concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy. I invite from you the response, hear our prayer. And I will honor a time of silence after each petition, so that we may lift to God those concerns upon our hearts. And then we conclude with a prayer that Christ has taught us. We go to God as we pray. Lord, for ministry in which we have shared, we give you thanks. For ministry that you have inspired, we thank you. And for ministry which has been a blessing to our neighbors near and far, we give you thanks. We thank you as well for the faithful witness of John, of how he calls us to remember that you are the one who is Lord of all, and of how he inspires us to recall that which is most important, to love you with all heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, we thank you that in times of change and transition, you are a source of steadfastness and one who holds us every day and one who will allow nothing to separate us from your love. All these things we pray and ask, Lord, in your mercy, to hear our prayer. Lord, hear us as well as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, hear us as we join our voice to those of your saints, praying as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Thank you.
now in peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. And may you know the grace and peace of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit forever. Rattlesnake, oh rattlesnake, what makes your teeth so white? I've been living in the bottom all my life. I ain't done nothing but bite. Well, I ain't done nothing but bite.